buying a property with your brother, sister, buddy. Is it a great idea? Is it a shocker idea? We're going to cover it. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Berger, Mark Novak, episode 513, buying property with family and friends. Uh, Mark and I are going to discuss it because we, we, um, we come across it quite often. So we thought, and we actually, I'm surprised we haven't uh, talked about it yet. So let's talk about some of the, I don't know, good things we see, bad things we see, and just things yeah. people unaware of and what type of situations we, we see it. I think um, we do obviously see it a lot on the selling sides when it's inheritance. A few years later, you're dealing with multiple multiple parties. And then I think more so uh, a lot of people are talking about it, especially Northern Beaches with higher pricing where they may not want the studio apartment where to start off at and they say, let's let's team up together and let's buy something. So Mark, what's your initial thoughts on the idea? And should we do two categories, friends and family, or do you think they're both the same? Yeah, but I reckon a little bit different. Um, I'll, tell you where, I'll tell you where the whole partnership thing comes undone in, uh, and why it, why it sticks together. One, uh, why it sticks together is you can do it almost twice as fast or a lot earlier. So rather than have, having to wait to get to a certain income or having to wait to get to a certain deposit, you can accelerate that much quicker and enter into the market much quicker. That's powerful. We're seeing the property growth, Northern Beaches and in Sydney, and quicker could be. We did that chart. It's 11 years to save a deposit to buy. So doing it with someone could be five years. Mark, what's the market done in 10 years? Like, well, it's compelling. It's compelling. Yeah, so it's compelling. So if you're buying, you're basically going to be, the property value is going to go from 500000 to a $1 million while you're trying to save 50000 Yeah. And you think, well, yep, shit could happen, but not yeah. b- buying something, dealing with it later, it's a future problem. I'd rather buy it now, enjoy growth, potential growth, rather than I'm saving what – at the time you started saving, you're thinking I can get a house. By the time you have money, you're buying a studio. Damn it, should have done it with my brother, sister, or friend. Yeah. So yeah. it's compelling from that point of view, definitely. Um, you're, especially these days, serviceability is harder. They want banks want higher income. Um, yep. They they on one hand they want a bigger deposit. On the other hand, there's lots of ways to get a five percent deposit, stuff like that. Yep. So, but which yeah. actually makes me think there's when we're saying buying a property, and this is what today's about buying a property with friends or family. There's a way. There's a good way to do it, and probably not a way a way not a good way to do it. A good way to do it is. If somebody wants to put in a stake, <clears throat> which would be handled by way of a deed or a contract on the side. Um, so, for example, mum and dad would like to help with the deposit. Mum and dad would like to help you with 50 grand. Um, and, you're, um, and you do a side deed on the side, which is like a loan to mum and dad. Now... A different way is mum and dad want to go partners with you on the property and the way that's handled is they're going to go on a contract and pay stamp duty for that 50 grand they're going to put in. That's sticky. 
Yes, yeah, so it's I think- a bit like a bit like what you were saying, Verge, with um, brothers and sisters. It's sticky. Yeah, it's okay. So we'll go through. Like the good things are obviously you can buy a more expensive property. Maybe able to go from a two bedder to a three. All that stuff. So we'll put that aside and let's see where there's what on title. There's a couple of ways you can do it. You can create a company. The company buys. You got directors. You can do it in a joint tenancy. Um, then there's joints. There's two. There's joint tenancy and there's one more. There's one. Where tenancy you, in common. Tenancy in common. One where, let's say, you die, it goes to the other person on title, and one, if you die, it goes to your will, follows that path. So there is a distinction there that you would need to clarify. Um, but I think where a lot of, let's say, issues, well, not issues, there's a couple of financing. As much as there's some good stuff on the financing side, there's also some negatives as well, where a bank that will look at it, as they don't split the debt, even though in your head, let's say you own a million dollar property, you you in your mind you own five hundred thousand, even though it's worth a million. But in the bank's eyes, you owe a million dollars, and to the the partner who you've bought with, they also have a debt of a million dollars or whatever the full value is. The bank don't split it; they look at the whole picture because in their eyes, they go, "We're assessing you. You have a partnership." We can't rely on that partnership, so we put the full debt on you when we're assessing your risk on, say, another purchase. You may be buying something with a brother and sister at your 20s, then you're married buying something else at 30, and you the difference could be not being able to buy that extra another property because they're looking at your risk at a million dollars rather than half a million. So you, you cut your time in half at the beginning to get in the market, but you could be hurting yourself in the future with that. So you got, so, and so basically in, and the way before we went on air that we, we were chatting about it, Verge was you and I was, it looks, when you say, say when you're buying something for a million dollars, it looks like a pretty easy way to get in because it's like, you know what, we both want to get, say $500,000. We both can't afford to get into a $500,000 property. Um, but I tell you what we'll do. You, you, I'll, I'll come up with a 25K deposit. You come up with a 25K deposit. And everyone goes, shit, that's easy to do. And then you go, okay, now when we go to get when we go to get a loan, you're earning 75, I'm earning 75. And the bank goes, 150 grand for a 500K property and you got the deposit? Easy. Mm. The problem is when the second property comes along and one person's got a girlfriend or a boyfriend or getting married, the other person still is uh is is doing uh, a little bit better in work then they go now what do we do and then one person says i want to buy you out other person says i don't want to i don't want to get out and then you go okay well i'm going to buy another property because i'm doing well at work when you go to buy the next property say for 500 grand again and you still own that property with the other partner they are not assessing you on your 250 that, that you put in they're assessing you on the $500,000 loan of the whole goddamn property. Then they're assessing you on the $500,000 loan on what you want to buy. They're assessing you on a million dollars. People don't realise that. Same as a residential lease. If you go in with someone on a rent for 1000 a week and they run, you're going to be responsible for 1000 a week. It is the same. Like, 
the, it, the, it's the same basic principle with buying a property with a partner. Luke saying, don't do it. Yeah, and that, that's, that's right as well. So I think if you're out, if you're looking at it and let's say you have great income, then it, you, you can be like, well, that won't be an issue for you. Then yes. Then, but then it's also like, well, then why don't you just buy it yourself? Maybe you want to do it for, I don't know, a, um, you just want to do it to have something with that person. Fair enough. We got to know the, what the risks are. You don't, if your income, let's say, is at 75 and you don't see much growth in that over the next five or 10 years, it's actually pretty easy to work out how many properties you can buy. You may have ambitions to buy two properties, but unless if you can't control, if your income is stuck at a level, then yeah, you may be able to buy something sooner, you get the equity, but you, you're going to have the glass ceiling of your income. So I think that's just mindful t- for people to realize um, there is an income glass ceiling with that. Um, then Adam, I'd love it's to know what always... people think, Virgin, are watching as well. If you're watching, I'd love to know if you've had good examples or bad examples in, in and around your life. Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry, over to you. But I, I th- it, if issues come up, it's probably not going to be in the first five or ten years because you're buying your scenario, you bought it, you obviously go into the yeah, agreement agreeing in it. So I think what you need to yeah. do is if shit hits the fan, we need to have uh, uh, basically a get out agreement done when we do the actual agreement. Because day one when you sign the contracts, you're all happy, you're all, you all agree. But 10 years down the track, 15 years down the track, what happens when people you don't? People have kids, people get married, people lose jobs, get jobs, people get sick. There's so yeah. many moving parts. So you almost need to be pretty upfront and honest, go, okay, what, if one of us is in trouble, what's our selling arrangement? Do we offer it to each other first or do we just put on the open market neither of us can buy it? Have that agreement yeah. now when you're not thinking of it. Because when one of you wants to buy something else or one of you is in trouble, you don't want to be coming to the making an agreement then. You, from a, you want to do it from a clear path. So almost like the day you sign the contract, you can also have partnership agreements. So you can have, let's say, you can um, have the agreement between yourselves. So therefore, this is the process we do if we sell it. We get three valuations and if the highest one or whatever we agree on, we purchase it, we give them the rights. We see that quite often. But we also, we also take a lot of properties to market, don't we, Mark, where we will basically run a campaign where, yeah, if we get a really great price, they may sell to someone privately, but the family just don't know what it's worth. They've had valuations swinging 10% and they just want a fair deal. So they're like, we'll take it to the open market and let's see what offers we get because at the end of the day, valuations, they're off old data and they're not off the current climate. So there's a lot of that around. So I think you need to have a, a get-out-of-jail-free card, but not a, a backup plan. Most people do it because well, they want to share the risk, share the burden, even, share the work. It's even, still, even still, someone's going to get screwed or they're going to think they're going to get screwed. Because Luke's saying uh, most most people do it for a comfort thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Luke's Probably the saying, biggest thing. Uh, yeah, he spoke to an investor, bought investments with them, selling, selling everything and starting again. Um, didn't want to deal with the stress. That You know, it probably, you know, and it, it's so true because everyone, basically if you're doing better, than the other person, then you're and you're buying them out. 
like in five years' time or ten years' time when that property is valued, you know, their perception is I just got screwed. You know, I bought that property with you. You still own it. I couldn't afford it at the time. You bought me out. I don't know. It just creates that bad, ill feeling. I, I just, all in all, to, before we sign off, what would you do it? Would you not do it? Yeah, I'd probably do it. But you just um, got to be upfront from day one, definitely. It's that's what we do, or have a time frame. Just and also what it's buying for. Maybe buying is it an investment? Are you buying into a family property that's been into it, keeping it in the family? There's different outcomes that way. So, Christine, but in, that looks like a no from Christine. That yeah. looks like a Luke. I'm gal. Uh, jealousy is a dangerous thing, especially in family. I think that's a lot. A no from Luke. Certainly from me, uh, buying with friends or family, I think it's a no. Um, yeah. I've had a, I, I had a partnership arrangement uh, at the ripe old age of um, nineteen twenty um, that went south um, hard. And then I, I promised that sort of financially I wouldn't tie myself up with people ever, 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 ever again. And I think I think you've got enough of a risk getting married. I, I think when I think one partner in your life, which is a wife, is probably a, a, a very big risk and enough risk. And I think if you want to double up on that, because don't forget, guys. I, actually, this is the best thing I've got to say out of out of today. The best thing I've got to say out of today today is if you think you've got one partner you don't you've got another three partners because what happens yeah because what happens is one you get married they get married and then your your wife's got an opinion and rights their their wife or husband's got opinion and rights and suddenly the two people that bought the property now there's four decision makers with the property that sounds like a hot pot shit mess yeah, because the reality is those four at the beginning would never buy together because they wouldn't, like, the p- two people who make the agreement 15 years Spot down on. the pack. So that that's why you need to have well. your plan. You go, I was, yeah, you need to have, you need to assess it. I think if people go in a bit naive, then that's where they get caught. So have the plan. And also, Michelle's saying trick- definitely not. So I love everyone's opinion this morning. It's great. Yeah. Also, I know, but it's probably best to do it in a trust because if you're both living in it, then you have partners, there's rights there if they've been with them for so long. So you could lose a percentage of your property because the person you bought it with has had a relationship, they've lived in the property for X amount of years. I know, so you, your half could turn to 33% pretty quickly, I'm pretty sure. That's the difference in purchasing it. You're, yeah. And also, I know a lot of parents help with, uh, and they do it in trust. So you just got to know, know your Luke's shit. Luke's going, no, 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 Hot, hot mess. Uh, why, Michael? Ask yourself why. Um, you know what? I, I think, guys, it's pretty hard, though, Burge, what you're saying, to accommodate that into a contract for every scenario. Uh, and even if you do get nine, 90% of it right, you'll find that 10% bites you on the bum. That's my opinion. Perfect. All good. And that's a show. And everyone, have a beautiful day. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Burge.